All right. Really appreciate everyone listening. This is the Final Score Podcast. We are brought to you by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance here in Frederick. Rick Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And uh, with the county track meet on tap this week, the county indoor track meet, we will talk to uh, Chris Lewis, a longtime uh, track coach in the county at both Thomas Johnson and Oakdale High School, uh, who's now retired. Uh, he, he's still helping out on a part-time basis, but he's now enjoying the, the, the retired life. Uh, he's, he stepped away from three full seasons of coaching cross-country and track and field at TJ and Oakdale, but he still helps out and is on the scene and is, and is as knowledgeable as anyone about it. So we look forward to talking to Chris about uh, his career and uh, his, his new life and, and what he enjoys about uh, cross-country and track so much. But first, uh, I always aim to try and get as many different voices uh, on the podcast that have a sports perspective. Uh, you may know Duncan Slade from his work uh, for us uh, through his photography and videos that you see on our website and in print. And uh, Duncan uh, joins me in studio on this snowy night tonight. How are you, Duncan? Doing well. How are you? How did you get into uh, being a photographer? You're not that old, obviously. How, no, no, no. How, so, how old are you? Uh, 17. 17, I'll be okay. 18 in February. And uh, it started out my grandfather actually is a nature photographer. And I think two and a half, three years ago, he, he asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to go take pictures of the eagles? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, and then he told me what time I had to wake up early in the morning. So I, we woke up about four and drove up to a place, uh, it's in Northeast Maryland, um, on highway one, Conowingo dam. Yeah, I, I know it. My, my, my parents don't live that far away. And, um, so we went up there and we took pictures of eagles. And I think we stood out there in the January cold for like four hours and we saw one eagle and we got like two pictures of it. Um, and that was kind of how I got into it. So then I kept kind of tagging along with him on various nature photo shoots and then started taking pictures of me and my friends, um, you know, going hiking and doing things of that nature. Now, let me stop you right there. Like, okay, so you're waking up at 4 a.m. Yes. In the cold, the dark. It was awful. To, to get a picture of, to get two pictures, to get two frames of, of, of an eagle. So wouldn't you rather be a sports photographer where you get to sleep in, you get to you get to work later, you're you're, you're shooting sports, it's action packed, things are happening all the time. Exactly. So I am not at all a morning person. I hated waking up early. I didn't, you know, I didn't find the appeal of taking pictures of animals um, so much. So I decided I was like, I want to take pictures of high school football, and like that's what I wanted to do. And I emailed the athletic director at Walkersville High School, and I was like, Hey, how do I come take pictures of football? And he's like, well, you either need to have a press pass or you need to be the school photographer. And as a homeschooler, I'm not – I can't become the school photographer, of, you know. Right, you know, obviously, like, right, yeah. yeah. just be a bunch of selfies or something. Right, that, that, right. That might not be too exciting. No. So. And um, so I contacted the Woodsboro Walkersville Times and I was like, hey, can you give me a press pass? And then – I uh, did that for them for a year, and then now I'm here at the Frederick News Post. So, so you just love photography, even though you were out in the cold shooting two frames of eagles. You just love the process and just love doing that type of work, right? Yeah, there's a there's a certain there's this feeling when you take a picture and then you look on the back of your camera, and it's just like you know that you've really captured something that's unique and special, and like you've got that one shot, and it's almost like this photographer's high. I would almost call it. Um, so it's like a photographer, you're like, you're chasing that high of knowing that you captured that really like 
that moment that just tells the story. How do you look at photography? Because your grandfather grew up uh, using film. I mean, he would have to shoot pictures on film and, and develop the film, and he, he probably went through a much more elaborative process than, than we are here in the than we're using now in the, here in the digital age. You're young enough where you were probably seven or eight years old when this social media really started, Twitter and, and all these social media platforms started taking off. So so you grew up in the digital age. and you, uh, Did you ever work with film before? Or um... Yeah, so I actually I got interested in film because I was like, I've always wanted to try this. Um, so I started shooting film, and actually it's really difficult to get a process. Like I have to send film to California to get – like right. I mean, you, it used to be you just went to your local store and, yep. and they could do it for you. But now it's like it's, it's, it's non-existent, really. So and it's kind of interesting because shooting film, it gives you like an appreciation for just like the basics of using the, a camera, the, the, the craft of it. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's uh, there's just like it's just you and it's just the camera. There's no like fancy editing software or anything of that nature. It's just like the camera and you. Well, what is your take on digital photography and, and all these little bells and whistles that we have now and, and just how instant everything is and, and all these selfies and social media and just the way photography sort of uh, ex- uh, expanded and sort of grown? I mean, there's kind of so there's kind of two perspectives. So I love it because it allows me to take 800 pictures at a basketball game and not have to pay, you know, hundreds of dollars in film. Right. Um, but then... And then, like, pick those best four shots, connect it uh, over Wi-Fi with my phone, and, like, immediately put those photos on Twitter. But at the same time, photography has become this thing that kind of everybody's a photographer. And in some ways, it's become harder um, to yeah, be to distinguish. Right, Exactly, yeah. as, like, a professional. So I think – but that's almost also a good thing because it's made the professionals that are real professionals have to go the extra mile and really – stand out from the amateurs right and, and you're also growing up in the video age as well where everyone's shooting and posting videos on social media and stuff so and you and you and you, and you shoot great video for us and, you, and you're very good at it. how did you sort of develop that skill and, and do you like shooting video as much as you do just stills um so a lot of people that are photographers they do both they do both video and both photos and that's what i do um, but really I got into video cause it's almost, I started with photography and I'd only been a photographer for about two years and somebody came to me and they're like, Hey, will you do a video for this thing? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll try it. Um, and I really do like doing it and there's things you can communicate there. Um, that's a lot more shareable and there's emotion, there's sound and all these other things. I'm definitely a photographer first, but like for sports, it's so much more entertaining to watch an, a minute long highlight reel of a basketball game than to look at a picture. I mean... So. Right. What made you interested in sports? How did you get into sports? What, why do you love sports so much? Um, so at the time, coming back to, to Walkersville, I could I didn't have a driver's license at a time at the time and I could bike to the high school. So it was kind of the thing that was nearby. Um, and that's how I got into it at first. And were you, sp- were you an athlete growing up? No. Uh, well, so I played I played soccer um, at the Y. For like six years, and then I played flag football for okay. like six years. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, that's normal for, yeah. for for most kids, right? Yeah. Um, my parents would never let me go out for tackle. I right. Un- un- understandable, right? Yeah. Um, but sports was just kind of this exciting thing, and there's always kind of with high school football. Sometimes it's very discouraging, and it's wet, and like it, you know, poor lighting. And then you go in high school gyms, and there's poor lighting. But there's this like rush of adrenaline when. Like the home team scores a touchdown and the marching band starts playing and the crowd's cheering and there's just this like, 
you know, it's on Friday night and there's, there, there's an energy about it. Yes, yeah. That, that's exactly. what I like about it too. Mm-hmm. So, right. So sports became your thing. That's, that's what, that's what you wanted to shoot. Yes. Uh, obviously. And, uh, and, and you, you got an opportunity with us, but for, for a young journalist, like, like, where do you see yourself going with, with this? What would you like to do, uh, uh, eventually? Um, so I'm looking at a couple options. I really I do a lot of portraits um, and weddings and things of that nature as well on top of sports. Um, but sports is like it's like nothing else in photography, um, and it's a lot more fun. So I don't know if that's going to be what I pursue eventually, but it's definitely photography. Is d- where d- I'm d- be. Don't don't you need special equipment for sports because you need faster lenses and stuff like that? Uh, is that is that part of it? Yes, I mean so I. Um, I my camera setup probably costs close to four thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there definitely is like a uh, you know, sort of it's like a barrier a, to, uh, to to get to get into the field, right? Yes, get, exactly. And it's like, I it's like playing hockey almost, where you have to buy all your equipment, your pads, and all that stuff. So. Yes. And I've I've been very very lucky. My uh, my grandfather has loaned me some lenses because he has all those that long glass that you need for nature photography and things of that nature. So I haven't been a, I haven't had to you know, maybe cross that barrier of entry with my own um, bank account, luckily. Right. Um, there definitely is a lot of that. And it's it's really hard. Like, I'll shoot, a, I'll shoot a basketball game and I'll get, like, five good pictures. And there's some nights where I'm glad that I only need to get one good picture for the newspaper. Right. Because um, it really – it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of – Practice. Like, yeah, like, a like, lot of practice. Like anything else. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. And – well – you were an ambitious person. I mean, your ambition led, led, led you here and, 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 and got, you, got you a job here. Like, what would you tell a young person like yourself who wants to get into photography? Like, how, how do they go about doing it? Um, I would say first and foremost, you have to shoot and basically shoot as much as you possibly can. Um, that's what I've learned is then you're building up a portfolio. Uh, so for that first whole season shooting for the Woods Rockville Times, I didn't get paid a dime. Um, and it was because of that work and having those photos to show when I came to a place like the Frederick News Post. It's about getting your foot in the door somewhere, Yes, right? to yeah. get my foot in the door, um, to have a portfolio to show people, like, here's what I do. And actually, the same thing has come up. I've started shooting for Frederick Community College and then taking those images, and now uh, I'm going to start shooting for Mount St. Mary's and do a little bit of their basketball as well. Awesome. Is it is it tougher to be a photographer now than it was on your grandfather? Is it is it tougher or is it easier to be a photographer in today's day and age? I think there. I think it's easier because there's not so much of this like man behind the curtain feeling with you need to have all this specialized knowledge. Like you can learn anything you need to know on the internet. And you can publish your photos on the internet. You don't have so much an editor at a magazine that's telling you, oh, your photo's not good enough. Like, you can post a picture on Instagram, and if people like it, they're going to follow you, and they're going to share that, and they're going to basically be the editors that are showing and getting your work out there. What, what, what is your opinion of social media? I mean, obviously, you use it, and you grew, you largely grew up with it. But like you say, everyone's a photographer, and that sort of like cheapens the work to, to some degree, right? So, so what is your opinion on all these pictures that are out there on social media? <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's great. Like, I think the more people that become a photographer and the more people that kind of dabble in it, and, like, I have a lot of friends that say, like, high school photography class was their favorite part even though of high school, even though they never went farther than that. And I think the low barrier of entry is really nice. Um, the problem becomes when everything is immediately being evaluated by everybody else. 
Um, and while a lot of times Instagram is a very positive place, um, there definitely are drawbacks to it. Um, do, do you read the comments on your photos and stuff like that? Or, or do you, yeah, you pretty purpose, much everybody's positive. Pur- okay, everybody good, good, stuff. good. <laughs> that means you're doing your job well. So. Yeah. Um, for the most part, especially a lot of times with high school, I'll get like a mom that's like, oh my goodness, you know, little Johnny's not little cause they're like six, five and 200 pounds. And right. They, yeah. Like, almost annihilated me with a basketball, but like, you know, right. little Johnny's in a picture and like, you know, that's the best picture I've ever seen of him. And so that's really nice. And that, that, that's are, a rewarding part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's very rewarding. Right. Well, so do they even teach film in, in school these days or is that, is they oh, is it all digital and stuff like that? Like. You you worked with film and learned with film, mm-hmm. but you did that on your own. Like, do, do they yeah. even teach that stuff in school anymore? Um, so FCC used to have a darkroom photography, but you now have to take that class at Hood, so you can't even take that anymore. And that's pretty in the last couple of years okay. they got rid of that. And I don't think they teach it in high school really. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you teach it? Like, if you if you were if you were a teacher, would would you teach film? Is there a, is there a value to it? I I think there's a value to knowing what it is and at least shooting like 36 pictures like shooting a roll of film at least to get that that kind of knowledge but i don't think there's some i've heard of some teachers that are like well you have to learn on film then you can go to digital but i'm like digital is what is being used by professionals out in the field so i think kind of being forcing people to stay in a film but you should have a knowledge of it right all right, well, this is a sports podcast, and the reason why I had you on is because you are a sports uh, photographer for us. So what are some of the your best memories shooting sports uh, uh, here, and, and what are some of the great games that you've been to for us so far? Um, I'll remember, I think there's probably two football games. I went to the... Um I was at the. I shot the Damascus Oakdale game. That was a fun one, wasn't that it? Was, uh, being 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 cordoned on uh, oh uh, one one side of the field there. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but just that atmosphere, um, especially because I have a good friend who goes to Damascus, and then we were kind of talking smack about that game to each other basically the entire year. Then you grew up. You grew up watching Walkersville football, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I grew yeah. up in Walkersville. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of revenge for that for that Walkersville Damascus game the year before, and it was a very good feeling to be on that field um, for that. And then I would say the first time I think probably the coolest memory I have is like the first time shooting what was it? It was the Linganore State Championship game, and I like stepped down on the field at Navy Mar- Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, and just that like the first like footstep on the field and it's, you know, these huge lights and these huge stadium and just like, I'm allowed because I'm wearing this cool thing on a lanyard. Like that moment, you're, that you're, was really you're, cool. You're, 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 you're press badge. So yes. What, what was it like for you watching those Walkersville teams of, of, of the past three years, really, that, that were among the best in the state? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I love, I kind of got spoiled at first because then, uh, you know, being, growing up and just watching these great, like these really awesome football players every year um, was really a cool thing. So then going and seeing like, you know, a regular high school, not a regular high school game, but you know what I mean? A right. Run, yeah. Run of the mill. Not everyone's that good. Not everybody so. was that good. Um, it was actually kind of funny cause I took driver's ed with some of the players and then they would see me on the sideline and they would be joking around and it was, it was a good time. Right. And, and what, what's your take on Oakdale? I mean, one, one of the best teams probably ever in Frederick County. So I think, I think Oakdale, um, I, I love watching them play. Um, I wish I got to see them play a little bit more. But I, the most interesting thing I think about Oakdale is that they can kind of beat you however they want to. Yeah, and really, exactly. 
They can beat you however you uh, make them beat you. Uh, on a muddy field at Damascus or yes. on, uh, on their turf field. I mean, yeah, they, they could do it anyway. But I think the reason why they can do that is because they have a kicker that can pin you in the end zone every – and I feel like that's the right. part that Justin doesn't Ritter, right, often yeah. get talked about. Right. Um, and I feel like, especially in the high school game, there are very few kickers that can just pin you in the end zone like an NFL or a college kicker can. Right. And that field advantage is just – I feel like has been really huge and it's kind of been kind of the underlying basis of their entire game. Right. When you're shooting a team as great as they are, isn't that fun? Doesn't doesn't that make oh, your yeah. job – isn't there like a certain buzz to doing your job when, yes. when, when, when you're shooting great athletes like Colin Schley and, and, and Simeon Sabute and, sure. and, and guys like that? So what, what what sports would you like to shoot that you haven't that you haven't shot already? Um – that's a hard one. I want to shoot lacrosse. I've heard lacrosse is a lot of fun. Okay. Have you um, have you shot it before? No, I've never shot lacrosse. I also I want to make it out to a wrestling meet at okay, one point because yeah. I've heard uh, wrestling. You get is gonna, you, you get great wrestling yeah, photos typically. Unique. So yeah. Um, I mean, really, what I find most interesting in shooting sports is maybe not like the traditional action shot. Um, it's getting like the celebration or the coach. The the, emo- to the, the emotional stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'm looking for the stuff that's happening off the court. Right. Cause, it, cause that, that, cause that tells the story, doesn't exactly. it? Like, 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 you know, if the person's having a good day, a bad day, a great game, a bad game, you're not going to get that from just a standard passing action shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. And, and what other things do you like shooting besides sports? Like you say, you're not, you're not sure what you want to, what you want to shoot one day. Um, so I shoot a lot of, uh, like landscapes. Frederick has a lot of places that are really, really pretty. Um, and it really is kind of uh, kind of the best of everything. You go um, up towards Thurmont with the falls and stuff yeah, like I'll that? Yeah, I'll go up yeah. towards Thurmont. Um, I have a few other places. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Frederick is just such a beautiful county, and I really do love capturing that, that right. nature and everything. So. And, and, and do you like uh, the fast-paced environment of news, or would you rather a more leisurely pace of just shooting stuff on your own time, or are you still trying to figure that out? <laughs> I, I like the news. I like the kind of the, I guess, the stress and the adrenaline of having to, like, shoot a game and get done at 9 and have to meet a deadline later that same night um, and having to constantly just being in that cycle of producing. I feel like being in that constant cycle of producing really makes me a much better photographer and videographer because you don't really have a choice. Like if you have a bad night shooting, you still need to, you know, send in three images to the paper. You don't really get a choice about that. Do you, do you think you'll always shoot video too, or, or do you think you'll gravitate towards stills uh, one day? I think I'll be forced to shoot video. I think my career over the next 40, 50 years, um, video is only be going only going to become more right. and more prevalent and right. i think i'm going to be forced to do it does it amaze you how much bad video there is out there and how, how people still watch it and, and click on it like like, like it's great or, or whatever <laughs> i mean sometimes like i'll see a um like it's interesting because sometimes there's video that's just like documentary like stuff that's on like a huddle clip right for like a you know a sports tape for an athlete like it's just this terrible video but it does the purpose um, but yeah, there really is like every time that I have to deal, I'm shooting, I'm doing a video for something and somebody gives me like vertical video to try and deal with. I'm like, like, it's not that hard. Like turn your phone 90 degrees. But, but, but why it. Duncan, why does quality not matter more to people? I mean, why are, why are people settling for substandard video and all these amateur videographers out, out there? <laughs> because it's, it's what's in the story. Like you can have like a $300 camera. And if you can tell the story of a football game better than I can, like, 
your work is going to be better no matter whether right. you're using my $4,000 setup or you're using your $300 little you know thing you got from Walmart. Right. Okay. So so it's the substance that matters, not yes. all not all the window dressing and, and and all the flash and flash and dash and stuff like the, that. The, the so. window dressing and all the flash <laughs> and dash is nice. Okay, <laughs> it is, but but you got to have the substance too. So, hey man, thanks for coming on. I uh, enjoyed your perspective and always enjoy your work, uh, video and uh, and uh, stills in, in our newspaper. So, yeah, sure thing. Uh, thanks for brave, braving the slippery roads too for us. So have you ever, have you ever shot? Uh, Chris Lewis is coming on. Have you ever shot track and field uh, before? No, I've not shot track and because field. Because you get, you get some good photos uh, shooting track and field, too. Uh, high jump, long jump, people people turning sideways, flipping upside down and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I've, so. I've always wanted to. And you always you always get very unique facial expressions I've seen from, like, cross country of all. Right, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> very the, unflattering. The, 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 the pained expression of, of, of running uh, several yes. miles and stuff like that. But, exactly. but pole vaulting, too. So mm-hmm. uh, Graham and Bill and all those guys do a great job for us. But but, but maybe we can get you out there. Uh, yeah, for sure. One of those track meets, too. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, so. sure thing. All right, and we're back in one minute here on The Final Score with Chris Lewis uh, of Oakdale Track and Field. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. The County Indoor Track Meet is this week, and uh, normally my guest at this time would probably be uh, very busy going over lineups and, 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 and trying to position his team in the best position it could possibly be in for the meet, but, but, but right now he is enjoying the retired life. Uh, he, he is uh, Chris Lewis, the, the former uh, coach at Oakdale, uh, track and field, cross country, uh, also uh, Thomas Johnson, too, uh, uh, one of the longest tenured coaches in the county, weren't, weren't you, Chris? Yeah, it's been uh, 13 years now. 13 years. So how is retired life um, treating you? And not, not I, I know you still help out with the team. We, we have to point out that you help out uh, Adele Remsburg uh, uh, very much so uh, still, but, but you're not there day to day and you're not at every meet. So, so does that feel a lot different to you? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some, you know, there's indoor tracks really hard, um, both, you know, for practices and, and going to meets, you know, cause you're confined in those, uh, areas, especially up at Lake Hagerstown everybody sits in that middle area and, and it's just a big crowd. But, um, yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying uh, retirement. Uh, just uh, got my personal training certification and uh, getting ready to start that. So I'm keeping busy, but uh, I do miss uh, kind of the day-to-day stuff. Um, but Adele's doing an amazing job, and um, she's going to be great. What, what do you miss the most about it? Uh, just the, probably uh, the closeness with the kids more than anything. You, you surely don't miss being out in the cold, uh, you know, for practices. But uh, just kind of the relationships with the kids. I can tell... You know, even with uh, the kids that I uh, coached uh, during cross country, you know, the relationship is when you're not there, it's just, you know, you're just not there. 
so, I mean, as a coach for, for coaching as long as you've coached, you you had to have developed a routine. And, and and today is Wednesday, and I'm doing this. Today is Thursday, and I'm doing this. Are you enjoying the fact that it's not like that anymore? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, you know, it's it it's hard. You know, a lot of you know to coach out out there, especially uh, track, because um, most of those coaches do end up coaching. You know, three seasons. You know, you look at uh, uh, let's just take soccer. You know, they they do a lot of off season stuff, but it's not the same thing as you know going to the meets and having practices every day. You know, the coaches that end up doing you know three seasons. It's it's a grind, and and it, it was just it was taking a toll. Um, I think just mentally for me, uh, and plus it was it was really time. I could I could kind of feel that uh, I wasn't uh, as energetic, you know, as I used to be about it. And uh, having Adele come in and take over a track is great. How, how did you find the energy to coach three seasons for as long as you did? It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, I don't honestly. I don't know. You know, uh, I was I was blessed to have uh, my own business that I was right, able to, and you were running your own business too, on top of all the all the all day meets uh, that you were at. Yeah, so. it was it was um, it was great because I had the flexibility, you know, to schedule myself um, and make sure I was there at practice every day at two thirty. And, uh, you know, so I, was, I had great partners that let me do that, but it became, you know, it was like a 24 hour a day job. Um, when I got home from practice, then I had work stuff to go back to do. And, and now that's all kind of, it's all kind of going away. What, what, what season did you enjoy the most? I mean, you coached cross country, indoor, outdoor, what, what was your favorite season? Uh, honestly, cross country, uh, has always been, uh, my favorite thing. And uh, I don't know if it's it's the there's something about um, the fall season. I don't know if you notice that you know as as a uh, reporter that uh, you know people have been gone, they're out of school, and there's kind of that feeling when everybody's coming back in into school that uh, it's just a little bit different. Outdoor track is obviously weather wise, you know, pretty good, um, but uh, there's nothing. I don't know. Maybe it's because you know football and soccer are also going on at the same time. Field hockey. But uh, I've always enjoyed cross country the most, and that's, I'm still coaching that. Uh, but the the, the track the, season, the, the, we- the weather, I mean, the, the, it's it's cooling down a little bit, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, you get to, you have you have training um, all summer long, and then uh, the kids, uh, you know, show up, you know, pretty much the beginning of August, and you know, you still got that nice hot weather, and then it starts to you know cool off to the end of the season. By the time you get to state meet, it's pretty cold. Right. Where where did your passion for all of this start? Because to do it for for as much as you did it for as long as you've done it, um, you have to have an obvious passion for it. Where, where, where did that start? Well, part of it, you know, I, I got into it originally uh, because uh, my daughter, um, my youngest daughter uh, was in high school and you know she was playing soccer in the fall and then she was doing indoor and outdoor track. And uh, she was over at Urbana and... Uh, you know, I was just very interested in, you know, in trying to keep connected with my kids and, you know, as they were moving on into high school. And how many kids do you have? Uh, I have four. Okay. Four so kids. these were, uh, you know, the bottom two <laughs> that uh, I, I kind of was, was coaching when they started and, you know, high school. Were, were they all athletes or did they all take different tracks? No, they were all athletes. Um, oldest daughter uh, was a uh, runner at uh, James Buchanan uh, High School up in uh, Mercersburg, Pennsylvania. Ended up uh, going down to High Point uh, University and was running down there. Uh, my daughter Megan was at uh, Urbana, 
she uh definitely was a runner and got into triathlons when she got into uh to college and my son uh also a runner at urbana um ended up going down to high point university also started running there and then transferred over to university of south carolina is the, is the campus at high point is that the, is that the real deal i mean i mean I, i've heard oh, it, it, i've heard it's, it's about as nice a campus as you're gonna it's find. like a country club it really is right but uh, uh, my son didn't uh, he didn't like the smallness of it and ended up transferring to university of south carolina okay and now he coaches track right were you, were you a runner and athlete yourself uh, growing up yeah i ran i, I ran track I, I was i would say i was mediocre um you know i i I made it to states, you know, one year uh, on a relay team. On a relay team, and yeah. what, what were your events? I was a four hundred runner, pretty much exclusively. And uh, isn't that the worst race to run, though? The oh, the, 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 the toughest uh, race in track by far, by far. I think it because it's it's basically you know, uh, it's, it's a sprint, sprint event. It's a, a sprint a, event. around one, one sprint or one lap sprint around the track, four hundred so. meters all the way around. So why did you like it? Why why did you do it? You know, I. I don't know. I was probably back in high school, probably just, you know, I wasn't fast enough to be a short sprinter and probably uh, didn't want to do the uh, the training as a distance runner. And that kind of But, the, but didn't, didn't, didn't you hate it, though? It was one of those things that you hated when you're doing it and, and kids still do hate it. Uh, but when they're done, you know, it's like anything else. You, uh, you know, you recover quick and, and you realize, uh, you know, how hard it really was and, and you know. Uh, especially when you do well, you're you know you're you're pleased at uh, the results. So when you made states uh, in high school, that was on a four by four team. I I, yeah. I, I take it. Yep. And and was that was that the best feeling? I mean, qualifying for states. That was great. Yeah, I remember that. And that's what you know. And you know, as coach, you, that's you know, especially in track, you're trying to get everybody to get to states because um, that's the highest level you can get to. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? It probably wasn't till. Uh, Till when my my daughter was at Urbana, and um, you know, I was kind of watching, you know, going to the meets, watching some of the practices, and and just kind of the bug kind of kind of bit me, and they needed some help. Um, I remember, uh, funny enough, I I when I first started coaching, I was helping the boys team out, um, and uh, Dave Lillard, you know, gave me my uh, first opportunity to to help coach i really didn't know what i was really doing at the time um but he had you know 80 plus kids for indoor track and it was just him at the time and, needed, needed some help yeah and he needed some help and uh so really you know i kind of owe him you know the, that start and then i started helping uh dave Britton uh, out doing girls cross country and so you know it was really kind of blessed to have you know people that uh you know, kind of took took me under their wing and and showed me the ropes, and then then you kind of develop your own style after that. I mean, you were a sprinter, so so how did you adapt to coaching distance running uh, with, with with cross country? Well, it's kind of like like with most people when you get out of high school and and you're not competing in college uh, and you still want to run. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to start doing five k's and ten k's and eventually work your way up. So, so running was your sport, and you wanted to just stick with running, and then so, so, and, and you learn about it as you, as you do it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's funny. I I didn't. I probably didn't run um, pretty much after I was twenty five years old until I started picking back up when I was forty, and uh, 
started coaching, you know, somewhere about 45. Okay. And and your first job, was it was it TJ or Urbana? Or, 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 I was assistant where, where over did you start? An assistant over at Urbana. Well, and then, uh, uh, under Dave Lillard, right? Under uh, Lillard okay. and then uh, Dave Britton for okay. cross country. And then um, uh, the TJ job opened up for girls for all three sports. And I remember... Uh, you know, uh, my daughter was getting ready to graduate, so I was like, "Oh wow, you know, this is a good time uh, to go ahead and uh, and give it a shot." And went over there, and uh, Steve Nibs was the uh, athletic director at the time, and they were already I could see they had a you know a good base of of girls, especially on the distance side, and got over there and um, uh, you know started doing my own thing. Well, were, were you ready for the job uh, when you got it? Probably not. <laughs> you you weren't. So so what was the what was the biggest thing you had to learn, or, or how did how did you have to adjust? I think it was you know there's the obviously the administrative side of things, and then you know just kind of the uh, the routine and and uh, you know starting to do the workouts. That wasn't really the issue. It was kind of just kind of being able to bring kids together and come together as a team. And, and what is it like? I mean, because track, it's not like a basketball game where it's over, even cross country. It's not like a basketball game where it's over in like an hour or two. Like these, these are like all day affairs. So, I mean, were you, were you ready for the, just the mental aspect of like how much, how much work is actually involved that has nothing to do with uh, actually coaching track and field? Yeah. That, you know, I had already had that, you know, that experience being, being an assistant coach. So, you know, jumping into the head coaching role really wasn't, too bad it was just picking up kind of the routine and just kind of establishing the way you wanted to get things done right and and then you went to oakdale uh in 2010 you started the program from scratch uh at oakdale the school i mean you didn't know what what your team was going to look like you didn't know who was going to show up i mean what what was that like starting a track program from scratch at oakdale funny enough it was it was really really interesting because you know you started out with just you know two grades um, I already knew I had, uh, you know, a great sprinter from Linganore coming over to Oakdale, Laura Klosterman. And then Emma King was uh, coming from TJ, where I was already at. So we already knew each other. And, you know, she was already uh, one of my athletes. So, you know, I'm like, hey, I've got two great athletes to start with. And that's something to start, you know, a program with. And um, and they were pretty they were pretty instrumental and, in, you know, and kind of, um you know, establishing the routine and whatnot, you know, and then, you know, Adele came along, uh, Adele Ramsberg came along uh, that spring and uh, she was a, she was a hurdler, right? Yeah. She, you know, when she came to, uh, to us that, you know, that first, uh, spring, you know, practice, uh, at the time I had, uh, Greg Stanford as my assistant coach and, you know, she said, Hey, I want to be a sprinter. And, uh, we looked at her. She looked at uh, high jumps. She looked at hurdles, and you know she was just a natural athlete, and and she had a passion for it. Right, and and obviously you need that to put to to put in the hours um, that, that you do not only to get good, but 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 the coaching the, the coaching hours too. Absolutely, so. you know, and, and Adele and I talk about it now, you know, and we look back, you know, at those years, and you know, we ended up having a a run of three state championships, but but it was really, you know, those those three girls that kind of established uh you know the routine you know we established the routine and they took it and uh and you know they bought into it and you know a couple years later we get you know jackie mcnulty and abby stoltz coming in and other really talented girls that were were you know dedicated to you know working hard and um 
why, why why have you been so lucky with the with the athletes that you, that you've had? I mean, at TJ, you had Stephanie Bryan, uh, outstanding uh, Stephanie Reich now, an outstanding distance runner. I mean, you've always had great kids on on all of your teams. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I I look back on it and and I look now at you know what's going on, and you look at Urbana and look how great they are right now. And you know, uh, CJ Alonso is doing an amazing job over there, but it, he's getting such a, a tremendous amount of kids coming out. They, he has to make cuts. He has to make cuts at Urbana. Yeah. And and like when you think of track, you're not often thinking that's a sport where you have to make cuts. Did you have to? Did you ever ever have to make cuts? You know, the only time I ever I ever had that was for indoor track because usually I was kind of by myself and I wanted to keep a smaller team, but um, probably never really had to end up making cuts. I can understand why he would. It's it's just a tremendous amount of kids, you know, for in the opportunities to get out and run and indoor. There's just not that many, so. Uh, and I think it, you know, takes away from some of the, you know, the varsity runners when you have such a large team because somebody's going to be JV and somebody's going to be varsity at, at the time. So he, you know, he's 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 done a good job. They, you know, he's been consistently getting kids coming out cross country, indoor and outdoor track um, for the last, you know, probably the last five years. He's been consistently getting, you know, a lot of kids coming out. Um, but I think it's cyclical. I think um, you look at the teams, you know, teams come and go as, as strong teams. You know, you don't, it's not like you can, you know, nobody's recruiting, right? You don't get to pick, you know, who you get to come to your school. Right, and that's why I mentioned you've been so lucky to have as many great athletes as yeah. you had. So, I mean, Emma King, the great pole vaulter and, uh, and uh, just athlete that she was in, in so many events, right on her heels is comes Jackie McNulty, uh, who ends up going to, and I think with the Virginia Tech, and, and Jackie went to Stanford. So these are like yeah. high le- high level uh, Division One athletes. Yeah, so. that, you know uh, Adele ended up running at uh, East Carolina. Um, Laura Klosterman was over at William and Mary. Um, uh, Abby Schultz at, at Penn State. Right. So you know these are you know top schools, uh, and they're you know and here they are Frederick County kids you know competing. Yeah. Why Why is that? I mean, you say it's cyclical, and it is to a degree. But why is this such a good area for 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 track and field? It's not just the number of kids; it's it's the quality of the kids too well you know what i i I put it on a lot of the coaches i mean there are a lot of really good coaches in frederick county uh you know you look up at uh middletown you got alan caldwell up there now uh with uh paul spurrier um the zumbas have been up at brunswick forever you know in the past you know you had people like john grimm uh don boyer don boyer i mean look at all these guys that have been around you know and uh you know and then you know recently uh you know you had Jack Griffin, um, you know, who passed away last year. Uh, just a lot of, for whatever reason, uh, there's just a lot of, I, I think, really, some of the best coaches in the state are, are all in Frederick County. Who, who did you pattern yourself after? Was was there a role model that you had? Was was, was it Dave or, or? You know, I think for cross country is definitely um, Dave Britton. Uh, he definitely, you know, he had a great program for, you know, I think it was probably had a ten year run of uh county titles until uh till I left and went to TJ. Um and then uh he retired a year later after that, because um, he had a younger younger son. Um from a track standpoint, I definitely got, you know, got a base from from Dave Lillard, there's no question. Um but then um, you know, I worked with uh, Nick Snyder over at TJ. He had a run of state championships uh over there. You know, and you just kind of pick up from other people, and, and like I said, you kind of make it your own thing. When when did you start to feel you really had a handle on the job? How, how many? Honestly, how, how many probably, seasons? Yeah. probably uh, the second year over TJ, and 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 probably more so even over at Oakdale. 
really you so so you felt like i i I know how to do this like this needs to happen this way this needs to happen this way like you you knew that you had a routine down right yeah definitely by the time i got to oakdale i think i had everything down pretty good um on the track side probably a little bit slower than uh, the cross country side right cross country you know is 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 a in, in my opinion obviously it's an easier sport it's a one one event you know sport and, um, and it's that it doesn't have the all day aspect right. that, 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 that the track meets have exactly so, right. Do you do you have to change your coaching style per sport? Like because indoor track it's different than outdoor track. It, it just is, even though even though the events. Do you have to change the way you coach for free to those seasons? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, in outdoor, you got a lot. You know, you definitely have more events uh, to deal with, and then you, you know it also changes the team dynamic because there's you know. Uh, distant athletes or have a different mentality than than sprinters um and field athletes have a different uh mentality than uh, you know the sprinters and the distance runners but um you know that also makes it good though uh because you get you know a whole bunch of different personalities when you get to cross country everybody's singularly focused on one thing they're all distance runners well, 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 your 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 niche was sort of distance running sort of how how did that sort of come about for you well, you know, I, as I was saying before, it's kind of just kind of getting into running, you know, 5Ks. And, and, and honestly, I, I probably really was probably my oldest daughter um, when she got in, back into, you know, when she was running in high school. And she uh, she was very good. Um, and just kind of watching her, um, you know, and then I started kind of getting into the running thing. And then uh, um my daughter Megan, who went to Urbana when she started there, was even more. Just kind of just snowballed from there. Do kids like distance running? <laughs> so it it, ta- it takes a certain uh, mentality. I think the kids that are dedicated to it, um, you can tell. There's there's kids now that you know that I coach that uh, just it's just it's hard. You got to be dedicated to it. Uh, running, whether you're a sprinter or a or a distance runner, there's you know there's a certain amount of pain to it. And um, you got to be able to understand that that pain's going to, when you're done running, you know, the pain's going to go away and you're going to recover and you're going to be fine. Um, but there's, you know, as a high schooler and even younger, you know, kids it, learning how to push themselves to the point where you're, you know, you've exhausted all your energy sources, uh, you know, is hard. Could You know, who wants to be in pain? But but you but you were running running all those four hundreds growing up. I mean, you had developed that that tolerance, and you realized how hard you did have to push yourself. Yeah, so exactly. this is that helped you be, become a better coach, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I, lo, lo, looking back on all those four hundreds and stuff like that. Yeah. So. With all the great athletes you had at Oakdale, I mean, it wasn't long before you guys had success. I mean, what second year in, you guys were winning counties and and, and, and regionals and stuff like that. Yeah, we won a we won our uh, our first county championship in the second year. Um, at no, the school. That was the spring, right? Yeah, that yeah. was the spring, and um, so those girls were at that point. They were juniors. Still didn't have any seniors on the team, um, and that was that was probably track wise, probably one of the highlights, you know, that I, for me, you know, I remember. Uh, and it was a small group of girls. Um, it wasn't a you know a big team. Probably had about maybe fifteen to eighteen girls that year, and uh, but they were dedicated to it and they worked hard and. Uh, and it worked out. And, and then you won states uh, uh, the, the a year later, right? Yep, following year. 
Right. And what what was that like the the state title on the track? <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. If you've been up to, you know, Morgan State and you kinda of see that and you know, we've had some great, you know, great teams recently, you know, Fredericks won it two years in a row or uh, Oakdale Boys uh, won it for the first time last year. That was great. Uh, to kind of see that and you know, kinda of look at it and like you said, look at Frederick County. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some talent. There is a lot of talent here. Yeah, pretty much every year, uh, one, one, some Frederick County track team is winning a state title. It's been the Frederick girls yeah. uh, in, in recent years, the Oakdale boys. Uh, I mean, you, you, the, you, you, the girls program, you guys were the, were the standard bearer at Oakdale now, but but now the boys are uh, it's, yeah, it's it, sort of reached that level too. They're, so. uh, they look really good. Uh, uh, under under uh, your mentor, Dave Lillard. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, uh, he's done an amazing job. Um, I think... Uh, you know, they started out probably when, you know, Oakdale opened up, he had, it took him a little bit longer, but now he's got, you know, he's got it going pretty well over there now. Um, and he's got a routine and he's got a great assistant coaches that are very dedicated and, uh, and uh, some amazing athletes right now. You have to be a great time manager to coach track and field, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially when you have athletes that are doing multi-events and, you know, kind of going about back and forth and uh, people like, you know Adele and um, uh, you know Abby and Jackie. You know they they were all you know able to go back and forth between events and and be able to handle that. But running your own business, uh, I mean, you you also had those skills too. So you were just so ideally equipped to be a to be a track and field coach, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It uh, definitely owning your own business. You know, you got to be able to multitask and and and. And, and it's the same thing in the in a track meet. And what were what were you doing? Just tell everyone what you were doing. What, what business did you own, and where were you working and stuff so, like that? So I, you know, I kind of out of out of uh, you know, out of school, ended up uh, working for a defense contractor, and uh, kind of bounced around to different ones over the years, and um, kind of got to the point where I was like, I could I can do this on my own. I don't need to work for a large company. So a couple of us uh, from one company. Uh, got together and decided to start our own. We, uh, you know, our, our kind of, uh, expertise was mainly, uh, uh, software for intelligence, uh, the intelligence community. And, um, we were out in, uh, in Howard County and, um, uh, you, you were, you were designing and writing the software yourself or no, uh, no, no, I I had more of the business side and the program management side. So you were setting people up with this intelligence and software and yep. stuff like that gotcha so and, and how long did you do that for uh company was uh 13 years old when we sold it okay so so, so again starting from scratch uh something something that you're well versed in and adept at yeah so, it was definitely probably yeah. the scariest time i'm you know my kind of uh, yeah you're raising, you're raising a young family and, and you don't know what, what's going to happen, right? Exactly. You know, <laughs> right. you're going to get your paycheck, you know, you're getting your bills paid and, and right. whatnot. And it was, uh, though it, you know, it can be nerve wracking. It is also uh, exciting at the same time. Right. What was your game plan at, at, at meets? I mean, where would you position yourself? What would, I mean, because you have to, you have to be able to multitask, like, like you say. So what was your routine at meets? Like, who would you watch? Who would you go see? How, how would you sort of manage a meet yourself? You know, when, um, so when, in outdoor, you know, with uh, Greg Stanford as my assistant, you know, we, you know, we pretty much, you know, d- divided and conquered. He had the sprinters and the and most of the field events. Of course, we also had, you know, Chris Heinze as our uh, pole vault coach. Um, right. Great, you know, great pole vault coach. 
So, uh, you know, most of the time Greg and I would kind of be together and we'd split up when we needed to split up and, uh, uh, but we kind of had our routine and, uh, it was, it was great. It was like you have 30 children all at once and you're trying to like give everyone equal attention and, and watch them and, and help them as much as you can, but it's impossible, right? You can't, you can't be everywhere at once. Yeah, it's tough. And you gotta, you know, obviously you gotta check in back at where you got, you know, your, your camp set up and, uh, uh, you know, just trying to make sure everybody's kind of doing and preparing, uh, you know, for their events. And uh, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of back and forth. Did you th- see yourself doing it for as long as you did it? Did you see yourself doing it for, for 13 years? No, yeah, funny. I, I kind of thought I would, uh, you know, after uh, my kids, you know, graduated from high school, I figured I'd probably stop. But once I took the TJ job as a head coach, um and then, you know, opening up Oakdale, that was, you know, such a great experience and, you know, I had great support from, uh, you know, the athletic director, my boss, you know, Chris Grivos. Um, so it was, and, and a lot of these people were from, you know, over at Urbana that started up Oakdale. So it was kind of nice to kind of bring people back together that had worked together at one, t- one point and then, uh, you know, and try to build something new. So, so just the familiarity and people you like to work with and stuff that 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 made it easier and kept you going too. I yeah, would imagine. you know, Doctor yeah. Seaton was the principal there at the time. Came over from Urbana. You know, um, uh, like I said, Chris Crevos came over from uh, from Urbana. A lot of the teachers um, were over there. Eventually, uh, Dave Lillard came over probably the second year, and um, it was just uh, it was it just kind of felt you know like putting everything back together again and starting something new with people you knew. All right. Why is Adele the right person to succeed you as, as the head coach? Uh, she's, well, she's young. She has a passion. Um, she's uh, currently working in the county as a teacher now. Um, it was just kind of the perfect uh, setup. And, and funny enough, I don't think either one of us uh, kind of knew that was going to happen that way. It just... Uh, she was graduating uh, last year and uh, had an interest in, in getting into coaching because since she had, you know, been uh, participating in track at uh, East Carolina. And then um, when I found that out, uh, it was it just made perfect sense. And, and her, Adele and I, you know, got along. We had that great coach-athlete relationship, you know, back when she was uh, on the team and, uh and now we, you know, we continue on now as, uh, you know, now that she's an adult and, uh, and it is kind of, um, it's kind of funny when you, when you coach somebody, you know, when they're in high school and now they're, they're, you know, at that point where they're an adult and you've kind of seen them, you know, when they're, you know, they've, they've just grown, you know, from that, uh, from that high school through college, uh, to, uh, out in the working world at, uh, you know, she just, her and I just kind of, I think just gel. And aren't you glad you're turning over your program to someone that you know so well and that, oh, that, that, that you coach yourself? It, I mean, it would be different, right? If you just walked away from the job and they named uh, Joe Blow the, the Oakdale the Oakdale girls track coach. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that's probably the best thing about it, you know. And because we're able to, you know, we talk all the time. Um, and like I said, I'm not not there as much as uh, she probably would like me to be there. Yeah. yeah how, how, <laughs> what what do you do now for, uh, for the team? What what is your so I'm, I'm job? usually yeah. there uh, uh, probably two days a week. Okay. Um, actually, at practices, uh, 
maybe be a little bit more during the during the outdoor. Um, we're kind of seeing if this works, and it, you know, in the end, it may not it may not be enough, and we just you know at that point, it's just time to kind of walk away if I can't uh, you know give them any more time. Right, but but you're in an ideal role now because because you're not you still get to help out, but but you're not you're not the guy in charge anymore, and a lot of those a lot of the responsibility was on your shoulders is not on your shoulders, but you still get to stay connected to it. Absolutely. So, yeah. it, so it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Right. So Maryland has indoor track. Not every state does. What What are your general feelings about the indoor track season? It's, it's kind of funny. I, I personally, um, don't care for it that much. Okay. I think, um, if they would come up with a, a way of having, um, some meets and, and coaches being allowed to, you know, train during the winter. I, I think well, it's, it's be... just the setup of it, right? Like you have to go to Hagerstown or, or Prince George's, uh, the PG Sportsplex down in Landover. I mean, there's there's not a convenient place to hold meets. There's uh, just not obviously yeah, around the facilities here. are just not really there. And um, is that is that what you don't like about it? Just the the sort of the inconvenience of it, or or it, it, is it too much? Or, or, or for me personally, it's 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 all about the weather. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, there is nothing indoor about training. Um, you have to be outside. There's just not enough facilities. And there's been a push. Um, oh, to, you're talking about the practicing outside. And, yeah. And, practicing. Like, and like on a cold day like, like, like this and stuff like that. So, it's hard. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's funny. The kids are, uh, are pretty resilient um, with it. But as a coach and, and there's. I know that I'm probably uh, probably have an opinion that uh, a lot of the coaches don't agree with, um, but for me personally, no, I, 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 could I have, appreciate uh, the appreciate the honesty. I could have uh, done without indoor and uh, and just trained, um, spent more time doing maybe more strength training, um, and and obviously continuing to run and get stronger um, and have some you know if there were some meets that you could go to, uh, you know to still continue to have kids do that. There's a lot of states that don't have it, um, and they seem to do just fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, it. is it too much? Like a kid that runs cross country, that runs indoor track, that runs outdoor track, is it is it is it too much uh, uh, for them? You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, of recent years, um, I've had uh, of the of the varsity cross country team that we had this past fall. Uh, there are three or four girls that decided to do other things, um, actually four of them, that decided to do other things uh, during the winter than, than run, and they'll come back out for uh, for outdoor. And, you know, I think for for some people, it's sometimes it's just a little bit too much. Okay. Uh, county indoor meet is uh, tomorrow. Uh, you, you'll be there. Uh, what, what, what do you sort of expect? What, do you, what are you looking for? I think, pro- yeah, on the girls' side uh, – I don't think anybody, uh, you know, can touch Urbana as, as good as uh, Frederick is. I think Urbana is just uh, there's just they've got people in every event that that are really good. So I think they're going to. Uh, I expect Urbana to kind of take it pretty easily. On the boys' side, um, I don't. I, Oakdale just looks really good. Um, yeah, well, what would you like to coach some of Dave's? Uh, He's got uh, some boy, great boys, uh, mid mid distance and distance runners. Yeah, especially that. Yeah, they've got uh, you know Kyle Lund is 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 doing amazing. Uh, and there's uh, he's got a whole uh, group of kids that are that are really doing well. So I I, I expect uh, Oakdale boys and uh, Urbana girls. 
And, and before we let you go here, you mentioned uh, physical therapy is an interest of yours, and that's maybe where your where your next uh, phase of your life and your career is. That what are you interested in doing with that? Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, after you know retiring from uh, from my business, uh, I didn't want to just not do anything. Uh, so I went and got my uh, personal training certification and license and, um, and, uh, knew that I didn't want to, <laughs> there was no way I was going to go back to, uh, uh, you know, to a four year program, um, in physical therapy or, or so my, my son-in-law, uh, is a physical therapist and, uh, he's down in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And we're looking at uh, opening up a, a physical therapy office down there oriented to um, sports okay. and sports rehab. Fantastic. Isn't there a beauty? You say you didn't want to do any, you didn't want to wake up and have nothing to do. Isn't there a beauty in that though? I mean, you don't know what each day brings and stuff like that. Or would you, would you get bored too quickly or or, or, or why not? <laughs> just, I'm not the just, type that can just sit around and yeah. watch TV. It, right. it gets, uh, I, just, I just can't do it. So um for me, you know, other than maybe sleeping in a little bit longer, right? Um, you know, I, I try to get up and, and get moving and doing something. Well, Chris, thanks for coming in. Uh, it was it was it was it's always been a joy uh, c- covering your teams and, and working and talking with you. So uh, I, I w- wish you well. I mean, I mean, we still look forward to seeing you at, at, at these meets and in practice too. So great, thank you, thank you for having me. Sure. And my thanks to Graham Cullen for producing, to uh, Colin McGuire uh, for, for the music you hear. And our sponsor, uh, PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance here in Frederick. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week here on the Final Sports.